0: This is episode 598 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for Wednesday, March 6, 2019. I'm your host, Mark Nez, and today I'll be talking about Awesome P—that that is P-E-A, not P-E-E. This isn't a game about peeing in a very awesome way, though it could be if you want it to be. No, it can't. It's a game about a little pee who just so happens to be awesome in every way. Or are they? Maybe they're not so awesome. Maybe it's a lie. Maybe it's trying to trick you into thinking it's an awesome game starring a P and it's not. Is this foreshadowing? I don't know, but you will know and so will I because I already do know shortly when I talk about Awesome P. I'll also be talking about Drowning and, of course, more Apex Legends because it is the game I play every night when I am done with everything else and I just want to relax before inevitably passing out, so... I'm going to start with Drowning, which is a game about a young boy with depression and their time through high school. And the way this game is set up is that it is a walking simulator with a polygonal art style. Uh, So tell me if you've heard this before. Uh, And you follow this path as text uh, comes on the screen. And it tells you this story that creates this, I guess, fictional person who is representing the negative thoughts inside this character and all the things that they think and believe like believing that they're the reason why their parents are getting divorced and, and that everyone hates them and reinforcing these beliefs and all that jazz and if you don't go off the path to do what have you look for secrets etc the game is a little over a half hour just a few minutes over a half hour so it's a very short game and it has these really rough transitions between years where it just goes to a black screen and then you see loading on there and then it takes you to a new environment and they get progressively darker. Uh, one of the environments ends with you entering a house with a gun on the table and then the next area is very light. And it, it's it's I can appreciate the attempt to portray depression in a video game. But it doesn't come across all that well. And I, I say that as somebody who has dealt with depression for many, many years, uh, and serious depression, especially during my high school years, I, I hated high school it was the worst time of my life. I, I wasn't suicidal or anything like that. I, I've never been suicidal. But at my lowest lows, I had little desire to live. Uh, th- that might not be the right way to put it. I felt that if I was hit by a car while walking home from school, for instance, that wouldn't really bother me. I'd be fine with that. I'd be like, okay, that's fine. You know, what, whatever, who cares? Uh, so I- I've dealt with depression, and the game doesn't do a great job of portraying Uh, depression, because it tells everything. It doesn't show you anything or have anything where you interact with the environment, with the world, with something or other. You are just walking down this path. You can go off the path because there are a lot of trophies and what have you. I played on PS4 that are given for trying to do this or that, but after I tried and failed to interact with the environment in the very beginning where you are uh, put in this foresty area, and behind you is a little lake. I tried to enter the water. The game's called Drowning after all, so I thought, I'll try and drown myself. And I couldn't even get one inch into it. Apparently, there's a trophy for entering the pond or something at the very beginning of the game. I don't know if there's another pond or if I needed to press a button, but I couldn't just walk into it, so I don't know what that is all about. The game also features some visual bugs, Uh, the most significant and distracting being that the draw distance is very bad, and you could see the texture on the ground loading in in front of you, maybe like 10 feet in front of you. You see shadows on the trees uh, popping in uh, as you walk forward, Um, and it's very distracting. It, It doesn't look bad, but... it it doesn't stand out either. The game really is just a very brief bit of reading and, and where you have to walk in order to read more. The writing is okay, but could have used an editor. It's not terrible, but it's also nothing really unique or personal. Um... So that was a bit of a let town. You know, it's it's okay. It is what it is. Uh, I, I think it might be around $10 or something. I can't really compare this to other games that try and tackle depression because I don't think I've played that many. I, I know depression Depression quests exist, but I still haven't played that. But I don't know how many games specifically try to tackle depression as their, their main goal. But uh, it's... It's just... I don't know. It, it it came and went very quickly, being 30 minutes in all. And it's something that for me... didn't really make any kind of impression. And I, I would imagine that a game like this should make somewhat of an impression. Given that I can relate to it and all that. But I highly doubt I'll remember this game in a few weeks. If i will tomorrow of course i'll remember tomorrow i played it today but yeah given how short it is uh and how uh lacking of a punch or significance or, or, or anything of particular note the story has when it, in its delivery and all that i i'd say it's not really worth checking out uh, and then awesome p moving on Is a platformer where you play as a P. And you go through these environments. That are in a. I guess like a. Game Boy. uh, Art style. And some of the levels. Are stripped right out of. Nintendo games. Uh, Like there's one where you're just jumping up. An environment and it feels very much like. Some of the levels in. Kirby games where you're. Going uh, up those towers. And it's fine. You just have a double jump. That's your only ability. You can jump and then you can do a double jump. But I find some of the level design to be uh, annoying in the worst kind of ways in that there are specific points in levels that are there just to make you fail where you, you can't expect what happens and it's going to be a death the first time you encounter them. Like a splitting ba- blade on the ground that is moving at ridiculous speeds. Whereas the ones you've encountered prior to that one have been moving really uh, slowly or at a moderate pace. And then you jump onto this new platform where you don't see a blade, and then it just comes out of nowhere and you don't even have time to really react. So you're dead. And every time you die, you start over at the very beginning of the level. There aren't any checkpoints or anything like that. Not that you need them because the levels are all fairly short. There are coins and gems. Treasures to collect within them, and you get achievements for completing levels uh, while collecting all the coins and treasures. It's it's fine outside of the, the level design. I, I mean, it's a, it's another game that not like uh, drowning in many ways, but it feels like it'll be pretty short. Uh, you know, it'll have thirty between thirty and forty levels probably, and Once you finish it, that's it. Uh, It doesn't seem... uh, I, I don't think there was any type of leaderboard system or anything along those lines, so there's little reason to keep trying to get a better time or anything like that. Seemingly, I could be wrong in that sense, but I played through the first 10 or so levels, and it was fine. I got frustrated at times, but... You know, there there are much better platformers out there, but there are also worse platforms. I, I've played platformers that feel a lot worse. Austin P feels fine. You know, it's not the greatest, uh, it doesn't have the greatest mechanics or anything like that, but it by no means has the worst mechanics. So it's just a, a very forgettable platformer that doesn't lean in any direction, uh, But yeah, that's awesome P. I play that on Xbox One. And then, of course, playing more Apex Legends. One of the funniest things that happened to me recently, and I've won a few more matches, which feels good. I still haven't won any with my friends, though. I have a feeling that me and my friend Justin could win. We've had some pretty good games together, even games where... Our other teammate just went off on their own and died real quickly and then pinged the shit out of us to come save them when they were just being a selfish prick going off on and doing their own thing. Uh, where we we ended up in the top three, top two. So we've managed to do pretty good when it's just the two of us. When his friend Alec comes in and joins the party, we can sometimes stumble our way into moderate success but i don't think uh, we will ever win as a three-party team because alec is not a great team player and doesn't really care about strategy good guy but he is not one to sneak up on an opponent so if we have the drop on a team for instance and we're behind them and we can sneak up on them and say I don't have a super great weapon for long-range fights. I have my peacekeeper and maybe a Havoc rifle or some kind of submachine gun or what have you. And I am sneaking up on them, and then I just hear a shot near me. And of course, who is it who fired that shot? It's Alec. And he gave away our positioning and our element of surprise, and then we just get fucked. And there are times where... We, we go I forget the name of this area I'm still learning all of the names of the areas but there's a popular part of apex legends where it's this uh you know like the rock type of mountain foundation and there's a building that connects the two sides of the rock and there are stairs in it and a bunch of rooms that have items in it this is popular from coming at two ends and people just go crazy and and whoever ends up lucky and finds weapons wins out uh I like going there a lot. But there have been times where me and Justin go in there. We get into a fight. I'll maybe down a few people. Didn't kill them, though. And instead of coming in and finishing these people off, Alex is just chilling outside. He's going through all the containers. He doesn't wait till he just gets one gun. Maybe he didn't find a gun inside. And he goes out to get a gun. Because it would be beneficial to get a gun. But he just chills outside and lets us die. Or lets the other team fully revive all the members. And it becomes very frustrating because he's just always thinking of himself Um, but I love the game uh, so much Uh, one of the fun things or funny things that happened to me when I was playing by myself is that I was on a team with two other people they were both using their mic the one person wasn't talking until this particular thing happened and then they were just laughing to themselves about it but the the other player who was talking prior to them leaving the game was a young boy who was just saying regular apex legend things you know like oh i want this like oh don't be a loot hog," blah 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 and then when we were just looting and you know we weren't seeing any action or anything you just hear his father come in and say like what in the hell are you doing uh, and it cuts out at, at some point and then you just see the the two little red icons near there's name that indicate he's disconnected. And then the other player was just laughing like, oh, I can't believe that just happened. And that was funny to see that happen. Um, but uh, I really love the game. And I'm tempted to just buy Apex coins to open loot boxes because I, I love it that much. And, yeah, I... I hope that the support is interesting and not i i just hope they do a lot of things that keep not only myself invested in the game and interested in it but all the other players who are playing it and and bring in new players and whatnot the thing that's funny that i just realized about apex legends that i don't think is why i like it but i just thought it was kind of amusing because i, I i've never really cared about this shit in all the other Battle Royale games, which I think exists in all of them, but there is no dancing in Apex legends. Apex Legends is for serious gamers. there's no dancing and no no gestures of any kind, so you can't like point or wave or anything like that. I'm not sure if there's dancing in Black Ops, but I'm pretty sure there are gestures, so there's nothing like that which is good. But maybe, uh, I would be surprised if they don't add something of that type at some point, just because it's an excuse to see your character and the skin you have on, if nothing else. Uh, But I'm happy knowing it's not there, even though I didn't even realize that until a few days ago. But Apex Legends continues to be a very fun time. I I wish I won more. I've got maybe 40 top finishes, top three finishes with my main Bloodhound. And I'm just, I'm always excited when the end of the day comes. And I'm like, this is time for some Apex Legends. It fills me with quite a bit of joy. So I'm happy for it. And I'm, I'm happy to be so happy with it. it. It's the biggest surprise of the year so far. You know, the year is still very young, but I, I'm hard-pressed to believe anything will surprise me as much as Apex Legends has in 2019. Uh, but yeah, that's enough Apex talk for today. Movie-wise, I watched Rosemary's Baby, and when I finished it, I thought, oh, Hereditary is just... A shitty version of Rosemary's Baby, shitty in every way. Because uh, Rosemary's Baby was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. It was, you know, it wasn't surprising. All the stuff that was going on was very uh, out there. Like it, 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 at no point did the movie surprise me with what was happening or what was going on. I'm like, oh, so this is this is how it's playing out. But the way it was shot and and all that and the acting and everything it it was very well put together and at no point did i laugh at it like i did with hereditary uh you know the tension was high and the 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 mood and atmosphere and the the uneasy feeling was strong in that movie i i finished lone wolf and cub uh movies i really enjoyed those the last one was probably the weakest felt very anticlimactic, I think there were supposed to be more movies and something happened, I don't know, but that it was a bit of a letdown, but I enjoyed all of them, I think they were very tight and fun movies, and while I watched six of them, I mean all six of them, and enjoyed all of them, I could go for six more, I, I just enjoyed being on the journey with those two, and I love that kid, I, one of my favorite scenes in any of the uh, the six movies was in the, the fifth one where the boy is being, he, he gets arrested because he had this stolen purse, this stolen wallet that this thief had given, uh, had given to him so that she wouldn't be caught with it. And then he gets arrested and they're going to flog him. They're going to beat him with this stick thing. And they ask him to reveal who gave this to him. And because he promised not to tell anyone... He doesn't break his promise. And he starts getting whipped... A whole bunch and I just... I love the fact that... Cub is... So... Like he he has such great poise... For a little one. I I love that about the character. And... That little boy just has a great... (laughs) Get the fuck away from me face. Uh, He's got a great... Tough man face, uh, which is fun, and then I watched the samurai trilogy, which follows a real life samurai one of the most samurai I, for, I forget what his name was. That's no, not Maharashi, uh, but uh, I watched all three of those and I was disappointed. They're fine, but they feel very long, they're all. Around an hour and a half, but they feel twice as long as they actually are. They drag quite a bit. And maybe it's because I watched them immediately after the Lone Wolf and Cove movies, which move so quickly and feel so fast. And you start them and they finish so great. They just they go down so easily. And then this one was more slow and full of way more melodrama than I was expecting, which I didn't care for all that much. But they they, they had some really nice... Visuals in there, uh, and the Blu-ray restoration was really nice compared to the, the previous uh, versions. From some of the images I've seen and what I've heard, it looked pretty good. Uh, but it it was fine. It, it just didn't. When I've watched so many samurai movies recently, the the, the Three Outlaw Samurai. Twilight Samurai, the the Lone Wolf and Cub series, and Hidden Fortress, which is not that much of a samurai movie, but uh, it, it definitely is the one that stands out as one I, I I don't feel a strong need to ever watch again. Whereas the Lone Wolf and Cub series, I'd, I'd watch that again in like a month. I, I enjoyed it that much, and of course, Twilight Samurai is incredible. Uh, Hidden Fortress was a lot of fun, uh, more funny than I was expecting, uh, which is, I don't remember if I talked about it on the podcast, but I, I was looking into it, and when I was seeing that it was an inspiration for Star Wars, I could definitely see how how it is uh, in many ways. Uh, and Three Outlaws Samurais was a really uh, well-put-together uh, movie, but uh, yeah, the, the Samurai Trilogy was solid, but, you know, I... It feels much more like a, a mini series, a TV mini series, that you you should look at as a whole and not as three separate movies, because it's it's more just about this particular character, and yeah, it's all right. Anyway, that that will do it. Also, that was me finishing both Rosemary's Baby and. Uh The Samurai Trilogy, and Lone Wolf and Cup, of course. That's me completely finishing my movie backlog. So now I'm at a place where I don't know what to do <laughs> with my time. Uh, I did also watch, I just remembered, yesterday, The Bouncer. It's European title is Lucas with Jean-Claude Van Damme. And it was a solid uh, movie that isn't super action-heavy. It's more of a character driven piece, and I really liked it it, it was good in, in large part because Van Dam was very good as the the main character. I do wish I could watch it in its original language. I'm not sure if what language it is if it's you know in Belgium or whatever uh but you you can see watching it that they've dubbed English over the the actual original language, whatever, it It could be French, Uh, I don't know, Um, but, yeah, I I wish I could watch it in the original language, because I think some of the performances would be more, you'd feel more from them, his daughter feels very flat, and I didn't find myself caring about her as much as I think I probably should have, because I think her performance in particular wasn't great, but Of course, Van Damme doing his own English dub was great. Uh, And some of the other characters felt good, felt spot on. But I would still like the option to see it in its original form. Though there is no uh, way to do that in in any English release. It's only released on DVD here. There are Blu-ray releases in Britain. I think maybe Australia Germany and one other place none of them w- of which I none of them have been tested as far as I know to uh, know as to whether or not they are uh, region free or work on region A players I have a feeling that the Australian one would work because I, I find that a lot of movies that I'm interested in they do have Australian releases that are region free or work in region A players uh which is something I might consider doing because I did enjoy it a lot, and I'll, especially if those any of those releases have the original audio. But it was, it was pretty good. And then I also watched about half of Mandy, which was very, very slow and boring and just nonsensical garbage in not good ways. And I'm assuming, and I've heard this from other people as well, that... Once you get past that and it starts to get crazy and Nicolas Cage goes full cage, it gets really good and fun and all that. But I just couldn't take any more of it and I had to just stop watching it. Uh, And I don't know if I'll ever return to it. I think if I ever do try to watch Mandy again, it will be with a group because I think it's the type of movie that is best watched with a group where you can just make fun of it or or dick around during the beginning where nothing of particular note is happening and what is happening is gobbledygook that I and I doubt many people would actually care about. Uh, so yeah, that was a bit of a disappointment, but who knows maybe the last half really is that great. I won't know anytime soon. But I think that'll be a good place to end it, so... Once again, I'm your host, Mark Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, com, where you can find this podcast, the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast, and Attack the Backlog, which are all available on podcast services across the globe, like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you'd like to check out the video version of this here show or Attack the Backlog, you can go over to YouTube.com slash PixelatedSausage and check both of them out over there, along with some anime reviews and what have you. And if you'd like to check out the art I make, you can go over to pxsart.com and check it all out over there. If you see something you like, click the link, and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and everything that we do, please go over to patreon.com pxs and support us that way. And as always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Bye.